All right, everybody. Happy Wednesday. It is nine o'clock. Well, happy Wednesday to us. It's probably not going to be Wednesday when you're listening, but it's nine o'clock. You have Pat and you have Billy Ray. That's who you got today. Grayson just got back to California. He's got some stuff to handle. Billy Ray's here in New Jersey. Patrick's down in Charlotte. And we are the Sons of Saturday here to talk to you about a pivotal game in the ACC coming up at Lane Stadium, homecoming 3.30 in Blacksburg, Virginia. But first, we have to talk about our fantastic friends over at Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy is your one-stop shop for everything that you could possibly need to get yourself together, keep yourself healthy, and also pick up your prescription medication or get Sons of Saturday apparel. We just dropped off the Beat Pittsburgh pins. I want to thank everybody who wore the Beat Notre Dame pins and the Beat North Carolina pins. The Beat Pittsburgh pins are now located at Main Street Pharmacy right on Main Street. You are more than a number. You are a neighbor at Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia. Patrick, how are you doing today on this wonderful hump day? Just cook some good dinner. You know, it's always a good day when you can find some time to cook dinner, eat it before the pod. Just watch the U.S. national team defeat Costa Rica 2-1 to one in World Cup qualifying. It's big time. All the U.S. soccer fans out there, uh, that was a big win. Uh, I'm excited to go to Blacksburg this weekend. Haven't decided if I'm going to stay overnight on Saturday or just do the day trip up from Charlotte. But uh, yeah, man, what about, what about you? What's going on up in West, West Vegas? Yeah, up here in Westwood, um, I, uh, the lawn people hit a rock in my grandfather's front, do- front yard and the rock uh, hit his screen door. So that was a huge, huge issue during the day. Um, <laughs> we had to clean up the glass. Um, but nonetheless, I've also, I uh, indulged in a Tony D's uh, meatball parm sub. It is the second one that I've had in that many days. Meatball parms, Tony D's, absolutely undefeated. Uh, but yeah, big fan. I, oh, yeah. I haven't, I haven't left the house today. So um, actually, no, I went to Publix early this morning to pick up. There some you go. Got, I got my honeycombs this morning. <laughs> my, dad, my dad said, why are you getting those? They like destroy the roof of your mouth. Um, I don't know. Saw them in the cereal aisle. I said, you know, I miss honeycombs. Got, got that and some batteries and uh, what else did I get? Some lunch meat, you know? Dude, cold cuts. Thank you. <laughs> not lunch meat, cold cuts, cold cuts, lunch meat. Lunch meat is canceled. We do not say, we do not say lunch meat. Um, but yeah, headed down to Blacksburg on... Friday morning. Super excited. Um, got a little Airbnb downtown. Pat Finn, I, I see his rocking his clean mountain air shirt. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's break into this podcast here and dive into the Pittsburgh Panthers. And we'll kick this off with we have four hooky haikus that were submitted. Pat, we're going to go tick for tack. You kick us off. Grady B submitting two this week. Both of them uh, very similar themes. Cry me a river. All calls will not go your way. Pat N. The whiner. Also from Grady B. Pat N. Must be deaf. Clearly his linemen were not. Keep it loud. Hokies. (laughs) Hokie bird fan page. No more non-con games. We hate Pitt and Narduzzi. Let's win the Coastal. 
Finish Travis, it off. Travis Die. Here comes the Nard Dog. Little office, <laughs> little office tip of the cap. Says the noise won't bother them. Hokies unleash hell. Guys, great job with the haikus. That's four haikus. Funny haikus. Well done. <laughs> that was good. And all four of them incorporated uh, Narduzzi, which is just classic. I like that we had to pivot a little bit. Narduzzi has too many. Uh, how many syllables? Narduzzi. Narduzzi has three syllables. So you, you shorten it with the pat N to save you some uh, to save you some wiggle room on the 575. Um, you got to save, save your real estate on the haiku poem. So hokey history. And before we do this, I mean, you know, I've said this a million times, my, my, my history of Virginia tech um, football and athletics is not nearly as, uh, as, as in depth or long as it is for you or grace on. Um, but Pittsburgh, Virginia tech, ever since I've been, you know, at school has been hard fought. It has been competitive and the games have always been extremely important in the realm of the ACC. Um, I think both teams pride themselves on being grit and blue collar Pittsburgh. We've talked about it. One of the grittiest cities in the, uh, in the United States of America. Um, and I'm expecting some hard hitting defense, just, just some hard hitting, tough, hard nosed football here on Saturday. Old big East rivals. I think if there was to be another trophy game in Virginia Tech uh, and, you know, with our opponents, I think it would be Pittsburgh. What would we call it? Is uh, Pittsburgh off of 81? No, P- Pittsburgh is – you got to go up through West Virginia to get to Pittsburgh. I don't know. If you guys have any ideas, submit them. If, I, if Pittsburgh I ever like that. A little, little trophy game between Pittsburgh and, and Virginia Tech. I like that a lot. Like, I wonder if we could incorporate like Smithfield sizzle and like uh Heinz, like you could get like a, a tick for tack uh, trophy, maybe. I don't know. I, I can't really think of a lot of things that we have in common. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll workshop this at a later point, but if you have any ideas, send them in. We are old biggest rivals with Pittsburgh. We've played them. Let's see how many times we've played them 20 times. We've defeated Pittsburgh 11 times. They've beat us nine times. Uh, and the first meeting was, uh, in 1993. So it's actually a shorter history uh, than most would think, just because I feel like we've been playing Pittsburgh forever. Um, Pittsburgh took us to the woodshed last year. They beat us 47 to 14 at Heinz Field. And if you think about it, this is really a, a matchup that the home team has really gotten the better of the away team. If you look at really the last couple matchups here, um, 2018, we went up to Heinz Field and, and got destroyed. Um, 2019, Pittsburgh came to Blacksburg and got destroyed. 28 nothing in the rain. Pat Narduzzi was saying that you know the crowd wouldn't affect the game and two false starts in the first half. Um, his, his team was penalized 10 times. So clearly affected uh, his team, and they scored zero points. Uh, go back to 2017 goal line stand. If you remember Reggie Floyd chasing down, um, chasing down their receiver, tackling him uh, inside the 10. Greg Stroman makes the big play uh, where he wasn't ready, sprints over to the corner and uh, makes the play on defense. And then we, we hold him. 
2016, you guys might remember that game as the Isaiah Ford game. Um, that was another Pat Winarduzzi meltdown game as well. Uh, trying to call for pass interference uh, on both sides all game, thinking that Pitt was getting robbed out of pass interference calls. Isaiah Ford, Bucky Hodges, uh, Gerard Evans, Brendan Motley all had really good games. Divine Diablo had a great game in 2016 as well. Uh, 2015, one of the most forgettable games of all time. Uh, the Hokies had nine rushing yards at home in Lane Stadium during Coach Beamer's last year. Uh, I remember standing on the West Stands, like walking up back to the concourse after the game and just looking at the scoreboard, and it said rushing yards, Virginia Tech, nine. And that was like the that was like the light bulb moment for me. I was like, all right, like this has to be Coach Beamer's last year. We just rushed for nine yards in a football game. Um, so some good battles with Pittsburgh. They've kind of gotten the better of us in the last decade, I would say. But uh, we have been able to win the last two games in Lane Stadium and uh, looking forward to Saturday's matchup as well. Anything that I missed out here? Uh, no, let's just... was the uh, pass interference fest game. I think that was the last time that a team not at home won the game. Uh, Brendan, Brendan Motley in heroic fashion steps in, gets the job done. Um, so, yeah, I mean – Great matchup. I mean, two teams that really pride themselves on being tough and being grit. Um, you know, I think I think even though we don't like Pittsburgh very much, they're definitely one of the tougher and more physical teams uh, on our side of the conference. 2013, too, the uh, the Kai Shone Jarrett hit on their receiver. I believe his name was Devin, Devin Streeter. Absolutely destroyed that guy. Um, In a dead body. On, on the east sideline. Storylines here. Storylines coming in. Pat Narduzzi, confident. Says they're not going to get distracted. Uh, you know, he, he does this every time, it sounds like. If you guys also remember, Pittsburgh came into Blacksburg in 2019, and one of their receivers or defensive backs, whoever it was, probably a receiver, because this is more of a receiver move, goes into our end zone and just starts trying to, like, rip up all the grass. I think it was a linebacker. I think it was their starting. I think it was their start on starting middle linebacker. Pretty whack too. If you're gonna do it, he was like tracing where the paint was. Generally, you want to like spread the paint out. I don't think he really was very good at that. But pretty whack on his part. He was doing that around the O in Hokies, and then they scored zero points in that game. <laughs> Sons of donuts. Um. Also, Pittsburgh left the locker room an absolute disaster in 2019. I love when the huh. Virginia Tech grounds crew tweets out after every game, thank you, Richmond, for treating our visiting locker room with respect. Then um, they tweet out a picture. They say, great job. Pittsburgh broke chairs, left stuff everywhere, did not respect the Hokie locker room. But uh, this is a different Pittsburgh team. This Pittsburgh team will probably score more than zero points on Saturday. They're coming in hot. They're uh, they're uh, they're four and one. They're one and zero in conference, which is very important. They beat Georgia Tech, and they are averaging fifty two points a game. Um, their best win was about a month ago when they went down to Knoxville and beat Tennessee uh, in front of a huge crowd at Nayland Stadium. But then the next week. They gave up 44 points at home to get this Western Michigan and lost 
Um, they have not really been tested, but they can score points at will uh, at this point in the season through five games. Um, I would say the only, then, thing, the only the other big thing to, to take note of is that Pittsburgh-Tennessee game is essentially what catapulted um, Hendon Hooker into the starting role at, uh, at Tennessee. They've been rolling a little bit since then. Um, but to me, and I'll talk about this in a little bit uh, in a little bit from now, but that's really the only, that's only really the only real football game that they've played in. Um, so, you know, we shall see. It's, it's, it's definitely, you know, it, it's an interesting situation, right? It, it's kind of weird. If, if Virginia Tech finds a way to beat Notre Dame and Pittsburgh finds a way not to beat Western Michigan, I mean, you can make a serious argument for having college game day in Blacksburg for two ranked teams playing each other and, you know, eyeing down the ACC championship. But these are two pretty solid football teams and the two teams that are 100% in the driver's seat uh, in the coastal as of this present moment. Uh, just for some more background, Pittsburgh recruits very well. Uh, they've been recruiting very well lately, I should say. Um, they have five Virginia uh, folks on their roster. Rodney Hammond from Booker T. Washington. He's a 2021 guy. Uh, was the 11th highest rated recruit in Virginia in 2021. He's a running back. Miles Alston from Ocean Lakes, Virginia Beach area. Uh, was ranked number 22 in 2021. He is a wide receiver. So those guys, you know, still haven't really contributed for Pittsburgh. Wendell Davis, a linebacker from Benedictine down in Richmond. He was the number 20 ranked Virginia recruit in 2018. I uh, just running through and looking at his stats. He's been pretty ineffective um, over the course of his career. Chase Pine, is a linebacker from Williamsburg, was the 16th ranked Virginia recruit in the 2016 class. This guy's been around a very long time. He's a redshirt senior, probably used the COVID year last year. Um, uh, so, And he has contributed. Uh, he has contributed, and he'll probably be their starting linebacker on Saturday. And then everyone's favorite, Naquan Brown. Remember this guy, Billy? Uh, Naquan Brown once committed to LSU. Everyone said he was going to commit to Virginia Tech. He's a uh, he's a weak side defensive end. You know, six 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 foot and a half, two hundred five pounds out of Ocean Lakes. But um, he was the seventh ranked recruit in the state of Virginia in twenty twenty one. That's a guy that everyone's kind of like wondering how he will pan out. Um, Naquan Brown, you know, is is he really a top ten recruit in Virginia? We'll see. Um, definitely his measurables kind of uh, wouldn't point to that. But moving on. Moving on to the Pittsburgh offense. Um, I know you have most of the uh, most of the gusto and most of the uh, information surrounding Pittsburgh. Um, but uh, their offensive coordinator is named Mark Whipple. Um, Mark Whipple is considered one of the best minds in college football. He has been at Pittsburgh for three years. Um, he also was instrumental in the development of Ben Roethlisberger. Not sure if you've seen him recently. He's a little washed up at this point, but back in 2004, um, he was working with Ben and um, both Coach Tomlin and Ben, uh, ben Roethlisberger have said that he is, was instrumental in getting him ready to go. Um, you know, he's been 
all over the place. He's coached at uh, Brown, Arizona, New Hampshire, New Haven, UMass, Pittsburgh Steelers, Philadelphia Eagles, Miami. Um, he was with the Browns, uh, went back to UMass. So he's got a lot of experience, but, you know, I mean, he is, he is just absolutely crushing it this year. And uh, third year with Kenny Pickett, third year with Kenny Pickett, um, Kenny Pickett spent a lot of time in the system. Got to say pretty jealous of Pittsburgh having the same quarterback for, you know, more than a few months. Uh, but you're seeing the results here of, um, of just absolutely dominating on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. This team scores points in bunches. Um, there are, I want to say six or seven teams out there that have scored 30 points a game uh, in, in consecutive games. There's Bama. They've done it over 30 times. And then SMU, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Louisville, and uh, Georgia have all done it more than five times. Um, so Pittsburgh, if we can shut them down, keep them to less than 30, we might have a chance here on Saturday. Kenny Pickett's like the Tom Brady college football. I don't know if that's an exaggeration or not. Maybe just because of a little his bit, age. little maybe, bit. <laughs> maybe just because of his age and that he's good. Uh, 19 touchdowns, one pick, 1,731 yards. He averages 346 passing yards per game, and he's completing 72% of his passes. He's also running for uh, just over 25 yards a game as well. Um, I saw this stat, and this really blew me away. Pitt's quarterbacks have only been sacked eight times this year. Um, so that's going to be a tremendous challenge for the defensive, uh, the front seven here on Virginia Tech. Now, in the run game, they kind of run it as a, uh, a by-committee approach. Definitely have a balanced rushing attack um, as far as, you know, who's getting carries. They're definitely going to be throwing the ball a lot more um, around the yard. But names to watch out for, Israel Abanaconda, Vincent Davis, Rodney Hammond Jr. are all running backs. And then Kenny Pickett is the fourth. Uh, the four of them are averaging between 28 and 46 yards per game. And all of them have carried the ball over 32 times this year and have combined for 11 touchdowns uh, on the ground. But Vincent Davis has gotten the most carries uh, among this Pittsburgh offense. We turn it over to receivers. They have some seriously skilled receivers. Uh, Pittsburgh has five receivers in the double digits this year in receptions and 10, 10 pass catchers with over five receptions each. So they have a ton of weapons on the team. They spread the wealth, but they also have a clear leader in the clubhouse. His name is Jordan Addison. He is a wide receiver from Maryland, a second-year wide receiver, and he's averaging 104 receiving yards per contest and has nine touchdowns. It's like a Ferris Bueller quote nine times he's reached the end zone nine times uh, extremely skilled was a freshman all-american last year and uh, was the rookie of the year follow-up uh, recipient in uh in the ACC rookie of the year co uh, contest award whatever they call that um other guys to watch out for number seven big number seven lucas kroll uh, he's a six six red shirt senior tight end weighs 260 pounds Big guy uh, and has 15 receptions 
Five of them have been touchdowns. Definitely going to be a guy to watch out for in the red zone and coverage. And uh, he is a transfer from the University of Florida, transferred to Pittsburgh from UF after 2019. Fun fact about this guy. Uh, what's his name? Lucas. Lucas Kroll was drafted by the San Francisco Giants as a pitcher in 2018. Um, so watch out for Jordan Kroll. Excuse me, Jordan Addison, uh, Lucas Kroll, Kenny Pickett. All three of them were named to David Hale and Andrea Adelson's midseason All ACC teams. Uh, and lastly, explosive plays are something to watch out for as well. They are sixth in the country. Uh, with their explosive play rate. 17% of their plays are explosive plays. Billy, correct me if I'm wrong. Explosive plays, plays of over 15 yards, over 20 over yards. 15, over 15 yards, uh, okay. explosive plays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's – you can't really say enough about Pittsburgh's offense. Pittsburgh offense this year has been historic. Uh, it's, been, it's incredible what they've been achieving. Um, one more note on the Pittsburgh offense personnel – uh, their offensive line is very tenured, very, very tenured. There are four of the five offensive line starters are redshirt seniors, and they have one redshirt junior. Let's do some more hokey history. Kenny Pickett, historically, he is second all time behind Alex Van Pelt in yards. Kenny Pickett has 9,715. He needs 1,198 to be the all time leader at Pittsburgh. He is fifth in passing touchdowns with 58th. With 58, excuse me, he has a really good chance to get to 67 and finish second all time. I do not think he is going to catch Dan Marino, who finished his career with 79 passing touchdowns in a completely different era of football. Um, so hats off to Dan Marino, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, he is second all time in completions with 832 behind Alex Van Pelt, who has 845. So Alex, enjoy your last couple weeks of uh, enjoying that record, barring injury. Um, but here's some more hokey history for you. Kenny Pickett has been at Virginia Tech forever. He is two and two in his career against Virginia Tech with three touchdown passes and two interceptions with 133.4 rate. Okay, that's cool. Here's another stat for you. At Lane Stadium, he is 0-2. He has zero touchdowns. One interception, he has been sacked six times, and he has a 51% completion percentage. Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, and Pat Narduzzi do not enjoy coming to Blacksburg, Virginia. So that's just the history. That's just the facts. Thought that was a little fun, ended on a positive note, but take it with a grain of salt. Pittsburgh has a historic offense. Pat, anything else to add? I'll add one more thing, just because you're kind of talking about history here. I'm looking at the box score of that 2015 Virginia Tech-Pittsburgh game right now where we had nine rushing yards. Guess how many passing yards we had? Probably not a lot. That offense was pretty bad. 91. So we so we had 100 yards of offense? We had 100 yards of offense. What was the score of that game? Uh, the score of that game was 17-14 Pittsburgh. Brutal. Brutal. 17-13 Pittsburgh. <laughs> just just horrendous yeah glad, glad you think our offense team. is bad now i mean <laughs> oh boy. joey sly field goal field goal cam phillips caught a touchdown pass what a surprise is that the same game that joey sly attempted like a 68 yard field goal was that i that believe 
I believe that was Duke in 2015, the uh, the game that went into like four overtimes. Okay, okay, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the Pittsburgh defense. They're giving up 22 points per game. Um, some positives about Pitt's defense. They have a ton of depth, especially at the linebacker position. They have six linebackers who have taken over 100 snaps for Pittsburgh. Uh, their best players are their defensive line. Look, I mean, you can argue that if you eliminate the SEC, because the SEC is just freaky, um, Pittsburgh might be defensive line university. Um, they consistently have really, really good guys on their front seven, especially with their hands in the dirt this year. They have Kalijah Cansey. He's a defensive tackle, six foot, 275 pounds. He's a redshirt sophomore, and he was a freshman All-American last year. Keyshawn Camp, he's 6'4", 290 pounds, redshirt senior. He plays right next to Kalijah. So Kalijah and Keyshawn, one of the best one-two punches in the ACC. And that brings us to their defensive end, Habakkuk Baldonado. Yes, Habakkuk Baldonado. He is from Rome, Italy. He has played football for one year, but he has five TFLs and three and a half sacks already this season so will panay i hope you're listening (laughs) (laughs) the the european heisman trophy um is looking habakkuk baldonado right in the face so that guy is that guy is uh habakkuk balding out balling out donatoing um not my best that wasn't great um (laughs) here's here's what it is pittsburgh their mo is I'm going to stack the box and you are not going to run the ball on Pittsburgh jokes on them. Cause we can't run the ball anyway. So, I mean, it's just going to be a big old stand staring contest, but what we're going to see a lot of is a lot of press, man. We're going to see a lot of one-on-one think very much like when uh, coach Foster was here, they put their defensive backs in one-on-one situations and basically dare your quarterback and dare your receivers to get separation. It is going to be imperative imperative SAT word that we get separation and that we're able to take the top off of this defense a few times. Trey Turner, I'm looking at you. Tavion Robinson, I'm looking at you. Caleb, Caleb Smith, I'm looking at you. Um, We have to find a way to move some of these guys out of the box and get Pittsburgh out of consistent blitz looks, consistently having eight guys in the box, maybe even nine guys in the box um, because that is where they like to be. Go back and watch when they played Tennessee you are seeing press man, cornerback up on a wide receiver. I dare you guys to beat us down the field. So that's going to be one of the big challenges. And here is my, here's my thing. Here's my thing with Pittsburgh. I have no idea how good their team is. I have really no idea how good their defense is. When we talked about Virginia Tech, we said we weren't going to learn anything about Virginia Tech against Richmond, and we weren't going to lose any, learn anything about Virginia Tech against Middle Tennessee. What we did learn in three games versus North Carolina, West Virginia, and Notre Dame is that we do have talent on the field and that we do have a very good defense. There is not going to be another team that holds North Carolina to 10 points. We can laugh and point at North Carolina all we want. The performance against North Carolina was elite. We played a bad half of defense against West Virginia and we faltered late against Notre Dame, but defense is 100% the strong suit of our football team. I'm looking at Pittsburgh. 
The only time Georgia Tech this season went over 300 yards passing was against Pittsburgh. They threw for 359 yards. They were at 14.95 yards per pass, which means they almost averaged an explosive play on every passing play that Georgia Tech ran. They gave up 432 total yards to Georgia Tech. Western Michigan. Look, Western Michigan, they have a fine program. They used to row the boat. Row the boat. They got absolutely boat raced by Michigan. Okay. They gave up 517 yards to Western Michigan. It is the only time that Western Michigan went over 300 yards passing. They passed for 357 yards and averaged six yards per play. I am begging the Virginia Tech offense to show up to this football game. We took a monumental, I feel like, step forward in Braxton Burmeister's development last week. There was a lot to be desired. He didn't play the entire football game. We have to make something happen against this Pittsburgh defense. I think it is a huge area of opportunity. Um, but that is Pitt's defense. They have great play. They have really, really good defensive defensive linemen. That's going to be a tremendous challenge for our offensive line. But in terms of shutting other teams out, this is not like the Pittsburgh Pat Narduzzi teams that we've seen over the last five or six years where they're asphyxiating and, and it's very difficult to move the ball against. Guys are moving the ball up and down the field against Pittsburgh. Um, and it's going to be an opportunity for Virginia Tech to do the same. Moving over to special teams. I don't have that much information uh, on special teams. was looking up special teams efficiency on the ESPN rate, ratings, and they have Pitt as an ineffic- inefficient special teams unit. They're ranked 108th in special teams efficiency. Uh, truthfully, I have no idea what that means, but their kicker is four for four uh, from field goal range. Uh, as far as them um, for penalties and yards per game, 62 penalty yards per game. Um, any other miscellaneous things here? Their punters averaging 39.8 uh, yards per punt. They don't have Felipe French or whatever that guy's name is with the two Fs, who was a really good special teams guy. He's gone. He seemed like yeah. he was there forever as well. Or Jean-Luc Francois or whatever his name was. I'm pretty sure they still have that guy. Jean-Luc Jacques- Francois is still there. I think it's Jacques-Louis. Jacques-Louis. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, let's see. Anything other, anything else that's relevant on, on, uh, on Pittsburgh here? Before we move along, um, nothing, nothing that's going to stand out in the special teams game from Pittsburgh. They score, they score when they get to the red zone. They don't necessarily need to rely on their kicker to make field goals. Bill, talk to us about your keys to the game. Keys to the game. Um, the keys to the game are brought to you by DraftKings. Listen, I want to talk a little off on a tangent about DraftKings. People have DM'd us, people have talked, um, and uh, those questions are answered. DraftKings, we originally, since you couldn't bet on Virginia sports, for some reason we weren't able to use the code in the state of Virginia. We had a couple of conversations. Boom. You can now take advantage of the code. So what does this mean? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SOS. You bet just five 
dollars pat you know i love nba basketball bet just five dollars on any nba team to win their game and you can win two hundred dollars in free bets if they win you win with promo code sos this week at DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 years or older virginia only this week new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call the virginia problem gambling helpline at 888 888- 532-3500. I know I'm going to be putting my $5 on the Boston Celtics. But moving right along, keys to the game. Here's what I got for you. Pat, Virginia Tech needs to find ways to create additional possessions. They did a great job with that against Notre Dame, getting two interceptions, and also Brad taking his Viagra and making it happen before halftime. Not settling, not settling we are going to need to put points on the board this is not going to be one of those games where we're going to be able to win by scoring 10 14 or maybe even 17 points we're going to have to find the end zone it's going to have to happen so keys to the game brad viagra again please steal possessions interceptions kenny pickett his name's pickett but he fumbles a lot so find a way to get the ball on the ground we're going to need a pass rush um, Western Michigan, when they defeated Pittsburgh, what did they do? They've cu- they forced two fumbles from Kenny Pickett and they held Pittsburgh one for eight on third down one for eight. That is horrible. Doesn't get much worse than that offense. We said it have to be able to run the football, have to be able to get them out of their seven, eight, nine guys in the box. And here are the facts. Here are the facts. Virginia tech has played in three big games this year. Three games where we were going to learn something about our football team. And in those three games, I would argue it's still a loss. It's still unacceptable and it's still annoying. But we beat ourselves in those three losses. Pittsburgh has played three cupcake games. They played the University of Massachusetts, which has no business having a football team. It is one of the worst football teams in football. They're absolutely abhorrent. They played Western Michigan, which they lost. And they played the University of New Hampshire. I don't think I've ever met anybody who's gone to the University of New Hampshire before or somebody who's played football at the University of New Hampshire. So I don't really know a lot about Pittsburgh. I don't. I know that they score a lot of points. I know that their coach is upset that national media is not giving them a lot of attention. I, I, I just really, I really, I really don't know. So this is the first time that Kenny Pickett is going to play an actual defense that is legit on a national scale. We need to show up. We need to create pass rush and We need to have PSA. I put a tweet out. I talked about it on our last podcast. This absolutely must be a hostile environment in Lane Stadium. It is 3.30. It's homecoming. It's 3.30. I was walking around in Westwood today, Pat, downtown Westwood. There was a nice breeze. It was like 58, 59 degrees, and it just smelled like football outside. It smelled like Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, TFLs, fighting all day. The trees are turning orange. They're turning maroon. I'm shaking, Pat. Look at my hand. I'm really excited. So show (laughs) up, be loud, get to Blacksburg. And if we can find a way to win this football game, Pat, we're two games better than everyone else in the Coastal. I don't know what else you want more than this. I'm fired up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you you guys might kill us. Because on this Notre Dame preview, we came on and spent, you know, it's like we were meteor- meteorologists. We spent oh, like no. 
We spent half the we spent half the episode talking about how the rain was going to affect the game. Barely rained at all uh, on Saturday, and did not affect the game at all. Well, I'm I just did my you know I did my Google search and I'm looking at the weather in Blacksburg the next seven days. Looks like it's going to be sunny the next seven days, except for Saturday. <laughs> we're looking at we're looking at a high of sixty four, a low of forty three, a, a 60- low of forty three. It's October. It's oh my October. gosh. A uh, a 60% chance of precipitation. So we're not we're not promising we're not promising rain. Um, but it is more likely than not uh, that we will get some rain. We know what happened last time. Pittsburgh came in, they didn't score any points. It poured. We wore ponchos. It's a lot of fun. Um, but some key, excuse me, some keys to the game for me. Dax Hollifield is out for the first half. Um, the, the questionable targeting call from the Notre Dame game has him sidelined for the entire first half against Pittsburgh. He's going to be caged up and we're going to need to make up for his lack of being on the field and being the quarterback of the defense and communicating, um, you know, with reads and formations on the defensive side of the ball. So whether it's Keyshawn Artis or Dean Ferguson, whoever ends up being the starting Mike, they're going to need to show up. Um, they're going to need to turn up. Honestly, you know, in that case, we should probably ask for the ball um, if we win the toss, just so we can have more time, uh, you know, and, and give them the ball in the second half when Dax is back in. We saw what happened the last couple of drives against Notre Dame. Uh, but addition- good call. I didn't even think of that. Okay. Yeah. I, like, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Is this my – hang on one sec. Sorry for that brief pause. You know when you have ESPN open – for like an hour and then all of a sudden uh it just 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 plays a random video or a random ad Mm -hmm. so hey sorry about that but yeah let's uh let's let's have sound linebacker play um additionally (laughs) thank you espn for making me lose my train of thought uh let's get the ball to raheem blackshear please please get him the ball in space in the flat in the backfield Get him more carries. He we was gave- great the first quarter against Notre Dame. And then where'd he go? He disappeared. He his, touch- his touchdown run was fantastic. He had patience. He had vision. It looked like a Khalil Herbert touchdown run. And we went away from, from speedy Heem. Let's see how many touches we can get Raheem Blackshear this weekend. Um, my third key to the game, make wise coaching decisions down the stretch when it matters. You know, no chasing points at inappropriate times. Just make the wise decision. Something we didn't even talk about was the clock management on the last Notre Dame drive. Um, you know, and, and how we waited a very long time to call timeouts. I don't think anyone talked about that on their podcast this week. But clock management, roster management, just make wise decisions down the stretch when it matters. So... Letters from the Lunch Pail, brought to you by Sharky's Blacksburg, where good friends go. How much fun did we have at Sharky's the other night, on Friday night? I mean, that was an all-time night at Sharks. An, all-time, an all-timer. Uh, so, uh, Michael Bakum says... <laughs> a, ringing, a ringing endorsement from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> 
Dude, it was a great time. I don't know. It was an about. awesome time. Shout out to shout out to Sharkies for hosting the Sons of Saturday Bar Tab again. I mean, they had the line going down all the way to three ten Rosemont or whatever or whatever that little store is. I mean, I felt like I was in like downtown downtown Manhattan in Blacksburg the other night. My brother got to enjoy his first drink ever at Sharkies. The whole Finn family was at Sharkies. I mean, does it get better than that? It does not. Shout out to Sharkies. Michael Bakum says Pitt gave up 359 passing yards to Georgia Tech. It was the Yellow Jackets' first 300-yard passing effort since 2007. I swear I didn't. <laughs> this is like one of my points. I swear I didn't read your point and put it in my offensive preview. I was on. I wish <laughs> I saw it earlier because I was. I was scouring uh, college football reference, but uh, I wish I saw this earlier. Even with the question marks around Burmeister's health, is it possible we see similar numbers for our offense this week? Um, it's possible. Listen, I would bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> anything is possible. There is a probability. It's probably a very low probability, but uh, there is a possibility. I don't see it. Um, you know, if we could throw for over 200 yards, it'd be a success in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am interested. I mean, like this, this question really just proves everything you talked about in their defensive preview. We don't know what the heck their defense is. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the worst. I, I mean, yeah, I, I really have no idea. This is Pittsburgh's first real challenge i'm i guess the last thing that i'll say about this matchup i'm just really glad we're playing at home like aside from the history forget the history like whatever i'm just glad that hopefully our crowd can make a difference please do i'm literally begging you to make a difference so and you always have so i'm not acting like you have it um next question comes from vt zero zero what <laughs> what would y'all do to have a better running game with the running backs it seems to have disappeared is blacksburg being underutilized um his name's black shear billy what i say you just called him blacksburg oh sorry i'm thinking about the place that i love my bad um <laughs> yeah black shear blacksburg yes i do think that black shear is being underutilized and i think there's two kind of components to that i think it's obvious now that black shear is our best running back out of the backfield we learned that in the first quarter of notre dame wish that stuck and we kept going with it but we didn't um the other way that he's underutilized is our un inability to get him the ball on the flat. We talked about this in the last podcast. Braxton Burmeister has some similar like John Lester throwing to first yips situation where he can't get the ball to the flat for Raheem Blackshear. So we have to find a way to get that done. Um, yeah. So Raheem Blackshear in space, more of that, please. And more Raheem Blackshear getting the ball in the, uh, out of the backfield, please. So yeah, I think if we're able to unlock him, look, if you if you want to be really excited, like we said when he transferred in, go ahead and look at what Rutgers was able to do with him. And then, honestly, we have to be better up front. Like, Luke to do to Brock Hoffman, Lasita Smith, they're all really talented, really strong, have a lot of uh, time spent together. I know Caden Moore is a youngster, and we're still trying to figure out that other Parker. tackle position. Uh, sorry, uh, Parker Clements as well, uh, if he gets factored in, but – the offensive line has to be better. They know that um, we we have to have a run game, especially given whatever the health situation is for Braxton Burmeister. I'm going to say that 
obviously, like, I like seeing a guy like Malachi Thomas see the field. Um, he had some carries last weekend. Is there any reason that we need to be playing four running backs in a college football game where I don't think we so. know who our when we know who our best back is? Like we played Holston, King, Blackshear, and Malachi Thomas. The most effective one was Blackshear, and we went away from him. Yeah, what's, I think what's the purpose? I, I would love to see, you know, I think we haven't really gave, given anybody a chance to get in a rhythm. Uh, and I think that's definitely something that affects it a little bit as well. Um, you know, the more guys you have out there, the more sparse the reps are. Um, I know we're in a little bit of a unique situation where, you know, Raheem Blackshear, we can put in the slot. Um, Jalen Holston's a little bit of a better guy in blitz pickup. So, you know, um, I, yeah, I think the rotation's a little fat. We need to we need to trim that down a little bit. And then the last question from VTOO Sm is uh, thoughts on the backup quarterback situation. How should the offense manage Burmeister without Blumrick taking snaps? Will play calling change? Uh, um, look, I'm going to be honest. I just feel like this season's a lost cause if Braxton Burmeister is not playing quarterback. And I don't think a half measure of doing half Braxton Burmeister is going to win a lot of games. I think the only way that this team is able to take a step forward is if we continue to develop chemistry with Trey Turner, Tavion Robinson, Caleb Smith, um, Daywan Lofton with Braxton Burmeister. Um, so if Braxton Burmeister is starting, he needs to be able to let it rip. Um, and if he gets hurt, there's not really a great second option. Um, I'm not going to get on here and say it's Taj Bullock time because I've literally never seen him like in any real situation the guy was at prom dancing to like you know tayo cruz with his high school girlfriend five months ago so you know it's a little it's a little bit of a different situation to step into a college football game at that point so i'm going to defer to the coaching staff knowing whether he's ready or not but now he's gone from being on the scout team to being with the first team um so my short my short answer to that is if Braxton can play and Braxton is not going to risk actually deforming himself by playing, he needs to play and he needs to run the offense. That's it. If he's not running offense, we're not going to win a lot of football games. So it really doesn't matter. Um, go ahead, Pat. They can play Tyo Cruz in Lane stadium. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when, when I say that I'm, I'm intrigued about a potential goal line package for Taj Bullock just because he's a he's large, he is a large man. So if we are inside the five and it is first and goal inside the five, why not throw Tyo Cruz dynamite on the stereo, <laughs> DJ, DJ Tempo, let's go and put in Taj Bullock and just fall forward. Um, at this point, anything, anything would work. Uh, or not work anything would be, would be a step better. up yeah would be a step up from what we have seen um inside the five inside the five yard line yes. so let's see taj bullock uh some some some, some qb sneakage uh potentially sneakery 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 pete mcgee are y'all concerned that fan interest and attendance will dip for this game following a big game heartbreaker this game i don't think so 
Next game, if we lose versus Pittsburgh, Syracuse is going to be empty. I'm just, I'm just saying it right now. Um, this is homecoming. A lot of people who – I think if you look at the calendar before the season starts, a lot of fans like you and me will look at the Notre Dame game and the Carolina game and say, hey, we're definitely going to those two. They're probably going to be night games. They're probably the best two teams coming to Lane Stadium. Uh, they're probably the games that are going to be the best football games going to have the most hype. Um, the casual football fan or just the casual Hokie will look at the schedule and say, hey, which game is homecoming? You know, which game are a lot of my friends and, and uh, classmates going to go back for, you know, maybe stay uh, both nights and just enjoy the weekend in Blacksburg, participate in the homecoming festivities um, and do that. But they'll all go to the game. I don't have any concerns about homecoming against Pittsburgh, you know, being bad on attendance. Also, this is a great opponent to bring into town on homecoming. Um, it's maroon effect. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're maroon, of course. Uh, my concern is not for Saturday. My concern is for Syracuse if things go south on Saturday. Announced already, Syracuse will be a 12 or 1230. I don't remember which one it is. 1230. 1230 on the regional network, like RSN. Um, kind of a bummer, but yeah. it is what it is. Moving up, show up, be loud, please. Show up, be loud. Show up, be loud. Um, Pete McGee, our uh, we already answered that one. Bro Namath six, Bro Namath six, not going maroon jerseys with orange paint, orange pants was a swing and miss for the stripe game, in my opinion. Oh man, well, I hate your opinion because those are the ugliest uniforms ever. Uh, but why haven't we seen a 1999 throwback jersey yet? Seems criminal considering Tech tries to recruit on the success of yesteryear. I mean, if Grayson was on here, you would hear yes, yes, yes. There, I I agree. I I love those. I love those maroon uniforms. Um, I think they're all time. I I I, I want to do a good job for my buddy Grayson too, and he's completely right. The 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 tint of maroon that we wore back in the day is much darker and much more awesome. So, you know, I, I, I hope we bring that out sometime soon. I know Clark's been doing a little, little hintage on, on the timeline of it sometimes. And, you know, Clark's Clark's Clark is the, he knows a lot. So, you know, I don't know if he's reminiscing or, or what the deal is, but I hope we do that eventually um, because I absolutely love those uniforms. Stamp it. Grant Watson. Grant Watson with the over we, we love Grant. We love Grant. Yeah, we got to we got to make this like a sponsored segment. We should yes. get someone to sponsor Grant. Uh, Grant, hit us up. We'll uh, we'll try to get something going. We'll we'll get you some kickbacks here, Grant. Last week, Kyron Williams rushing yards sixty five over under over hit. I think we all predicted the under. He had eighty one rushing yards, including a acrobatic touchdown where he broke like three tackles poor tackling but uh nonetheless a great athletic effort by kyron williams yeah first quarter total points scored 13 and a half that was the under after the first quarter on saturday it was 7-0 virginia tech was feeling pretty good was feeling pretty good (laughs) braxton burmeister passing touchdowns one and a half under Yes. Yep. That's where we were. 
Braxton Burmeister had one touchdown. It was a rushing touchdown. It was a rushing touchdown, and we had a couple of miscues and potential touchdowns and illegal men downfield, which we didn't talk about in the last. Ah, uh, that was just, that was just a uh, crusher. Who had the who had the illegal man downfield? Who threw the touchdown in in 2018? It was the same thing. Notre Dame, big play. I think it was. Yeah. Did Grimsley throw it like left-handed to? Uh, yeah, it was an end around reverse. I don't. I don't remember. That was a bummer too. That was one of those. One of those. Oh my God! Moments in Blacksburg that were uh, immediately snuffed out by uh, the zebras. But oh, on. from Grant, go ahead, Bill. You can run it. Yeah, Virginia Tech rushing yards, one hundred and twenty-nine and a half. Oh man, I mean, the avenue to get to 129 and a half rushing yards means that Braxton Burmeister is going to need to run the ball a few times, which I don't know how comfortable we're going to feel doing. Um, I'm going to have to go under here under 129 and a half yards. Um, I'm going to go under. I don't know if the line has given us as fans enough confidence. Um, and our back and our and honestly the staff just sticking to one back too to get him in get him in flow and motion like if Raheem Blackshear has 15 plus carries like we could see 129 yards out of him yeah um, you know Cleo Herbert had no problems getting into 129 yards last year but I'm going to go under as well um Kenny Pickett passing yards 289 and a half over under Bill I mean this I, I mean, am I going to have fun on Saturday? Am I going to have a Miller light? Yeah. He's going to throw for over 289 and a half yards. It's just going to come down to, are we going to be able to turn him over? Um, I, I don't really see an avenue where he doesn't throw for 289. And he's only thrown one interception. Uh, I have the over here as well. Um, the guy's hot. Maybe, maybe it's getting to his head over the bye week. He's just been hanging out a little too long, watching, <laughs> watching his highlights on Instagram and, and, uh, you know, first drive. Kenny has been there off. so long. He might just be on MySpace. I don't even know if he if he knows how to use Instagram. This guy's, you know, one of the oldest guys in college football. So him and Terrell Smith, dude, some of the longest, uh, some of the longest tenured guys in college football. I'm excited to see the uh, the Jermaine Waller and uh, Jordan Addison. That's his name, right? Jordan Addison matchup. Because mm-hmm. um, Addison is far and away, you know, their biggest playmaker on offense. And Jermaine Waller is far and away the best corner in the ACC right now. Yeah. And then this is the most fun one. Pittsburgh false starts one and a half. I feel like I would be doing our fan base a disservice if I didn't go over. Um, But I need you guys to come through for me. Need it to be loud. Absolutely need it to be loud. I'll go over. I'm just, I'm just hanging on. I'm just hanging on here. I'll, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to make this over. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say over as well. That is on all of us, guys. It's on all of us. And, and, when, and when slash if the flag is pulled out, you got to let Pat know. Not, not our Pat, their Pat. You got to let him know. Got to let him know. Uh, Pat Narduzzi, hashtag not my Pat, by the way. Um, so <laughs> here we go. Score <laughs> predictions. Can you give us the lines, Pat? So this game opened up as a pick and within hours, the line moved to like three and then three and a half and then four and then four and a half. It's all the way at five right now. 
Um, people are picking the Panthers to come in and knock off the hoax. But uh, over under, I believe I saw it at 57 and a half. Let me just confirm that. 57 and a half over under. Um, oh, man. Is Pat going to not pick the hoax? So score predictions here. Uh, I have Pittsburgh winning this game on Saturday. Um, you know, when I, when I previewed the season, I said Tech's going eight and four. I said uh, Notre Dame, we would lose our first game to Notre Dame and we would stumble late and it would be a heartbreaker and we'd lose to Pitt because of a hangover. Um, I, I don't see Virginia Tech winning this game just based on Pittsburgh being able to score 50 points a game and us not being able to put 30 points on the board consistently. I mean, we have to rely on special teams and defense to score points every single week. Um, if we don't have a pick six this weekend, if if Shamari Connor, whoever it was, doesn't sack Pickett and Narell Pollard doesn't dance into the end zone, um, you know, if, if Tavion or Waller or someone doesn't have a Pontiac game-changing performance – in a non-offensive touchdown, uh, I am concerned about us being able to put up points. Um, so I have Pittsburgh 31 to 23. I haven't seen enough from Virginia Tech to change my mind. Hopefully I'm wrong, uh, but I have Pittsburgh and the under. As you have not seen enough from Virginia Tech to change your mind, I have not seen enough from Pittsburgh to be shaking in my boots and freaking out because Kenny Pickett, is coming to Blacksburg, Virginia, who has been a lifetime loser when he comes to Virginia Tech. They've played nobody. We have challenged. At some point, at some point, we're going to have to win these close games. At some point, we are going to have to find a way to close the deal, seal the deal. And as my buddy Bryce said today in the group chat, a lot of people believe this is a do-or-die game for this coaching staff. Now, Coach Fuente, when it comes down to do or die situations, let's think about UVA in 2018. That was pretty do or die. You think about Miami in 2019, do or die, do or die. You think about UVA in 2020, do or die, do or die. What does my guy food do? He finds a way to win the game. This is as close to a must win game from the coaching perspective, the ACC perspective and the team perspective. Um, we got to find a way to win this game and I'm going to go with us winning the game 27 to 24. The crowd is going to have to show up. The offense is going to have to show up. We talked about it already. Brad's going to have to take his Viagra. Braxton Burmeister is going to have to take his Tylenol. He's going to have to take his Tylenol. Um, and we're going to have to find a way to beat Pittsburgh. And if we beat Pittsburgh, I am going to have so much fun on the podcast on Sunday or Monday, whenever we record it, find a way to win the game find a way to win the game and we might just find ourselves in the ACC championship in December. Whit Babcock tied himself to hit, uh, he, he tied his legacy to Justin Fuente last December. Billy Ray Mitchell just tied his legacy to Lane stadium, making a difference on Saturday <laughs> guys. If, if, if Lane stadium isn't loud, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, it's no, going to be loud. People, people are going to show up. I think, 
I want nothing more for these kids than, than, than to win this football game. And from the conversations that I've had, kids are, kids love each other. They're still bought in. There's no quitting. There's no, there's no like, you know, I'm done. Screw this type of stuff. So I'm with the kids. I want this to happen more than as much as all of you guys. Um, I want to make one more point, Pat. I agree with you. This is an absolute must win. Just for some added context, just, just some added context. Pitt has a very difficult next five weeks coming up here. Uh, we talked about it in our season preview pod. Win or lose versus Virginia Tech. Pittsburgh is going to have to go home to play Clemson. They play Clemson next week. Then they're going to have to play Miami on the, uh, at home again. And then two weeks after that, they play North Carolina at home again. So they have three home games versus three versus a former national, uh, a national champion talent team, Miami, who kind of sucks, who kind of sucks. And then North Carolina, who has an elite quarterback and a pretty good offense. And then they also have to play Virginia on November 20th. So we were talking to the Notre Dame guys earlier today, and I just want to get your, your thoughts. Do we really think Pittsburgh is going to win nine or 10 games? I feel like it's their birthright to be like six and six or seven and four. I don't, like, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think I, I, I'm, I'm prefacing this by saying that this is a must win. Like I, I, I I'm with you. This is a must win, but I don't think the season's over. If you lose the game as in, there's no way you're going to the ACC championship. Cause I just don't think Pitt is that kind of team. I think that just makes the coastal even weirder. What is your take on that? I mean, this is, it's, Based on what Pittsburgh has on the back end of their schedule, yeah, like, and I hate saying that. I don't want to have to fall. It sounds ass- like a cop out, right? I don't want to have to fall no. ass backwards into the ACC championship like right. we did in two thousand eight. I want to where take. We were five and three, and the the coastal was so so horrendously bad, like. <laughs> So horrendously bad. And meanwhile, <laughs> it, let's just win this game. I don't want to have to do that. I don't right. want to have to just deal with how – because our last five games are no picnic either. We got no. four out, We have four out of the last five games on the road. I mean, I would much rather have our last couple games than I would rather have their last couple games. We don't play Clemson. We play – Syracuse, who by all common knowledge is horrible. Um, and then Georgia Tech, who's still trying to figure it out. And they've kind of already had their <laughs> gotcha game where they beat North Carolina. Uh, Boston College, who's got a hurt quarterback. Duke, who's horrible. Miami, who Derek King prayers up, is now done for the season. And then we end the season with Virginia. So what I'm saying is the final two weeks of this football season, Pat, Virginia will play us and Virginia will play Pittsburgh. I think whoever wins this game, whoever wins the game, Virginia has a huge hand in who is going to win the Coastal this year. Yeah, that, that that's definitely valid. So we'll see. Let's <laughs> like, just win. Let's like, just win. We think this is the must win. It is the must win. I still wouldn't be surprised if some crazy Coastal chaos happened 
if we didn't win this game and somehow just figured out our way into the Coastal Division uh, as the representative in the AC Championship. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about that. I know you don't want to have to worry about that. Let's take care of business on Saturday. Can we do a real quick – I just want to see – I know we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here. So this week, Wake Forest plays Army. Um, it would be so ACC for Wake Forest to lose to, to, lose to Army this week. Um, there's that NC State this week plays nobody. NC State is off, if I'm not incorrect. Yeah, NC State is off. Miami plays North Carolina. I'm actually really excited to see who wins the Miami-North Carolina game. That is potentially the fire Manny Diaz game or the uh, Mac Brown is a fraud. Can he go retire and go fishing at his lake house game? Um, so, I mean, it is an exciting it is an exciting week in the ACC. Is there any game that sticks out to you that you're fired up about or storylines that kind of intrigue you? I got I got one goal, man. It's beat pit. It's beat pit. It's beat pit. Well, all right, Pat, I had a ton of fun. We're moving on to smiling shout outs uh, by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Also want to um, want to shout out uh, John and Cornell. Um, Coach Fuente actually bought the remaining books um, of the Cornell effects from the signing event that coach uh, that John did with all of the fans on Saturday and actually um, gifted the team uh, John's book. Um, I again, encourage you to check out the Cornell effect. It is an incredible book. Um, it is just really, really awesome. Uh, puts a whole new perspective on life. Um, and I think that's really cool. I think that's, uh, awesome how, um, how that connection was made and how the athletic department has embraced Cornell and his story and, and has helped spread that around. Um, Pat, I'm not sure if you have any comments on that, but that's, you know, got me really fired up when I heard that today. Yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign everything about that. I think the fact that, um, you know, Lays and Wes McElroy have brought Cornell in uh, as one of their own, and Cornell is a, a special member of the Virginia Tech football program and, and truly makes an impact on members of the sp- staff and members of the team is just really, really cool, and I'm, I'm so happy for him and everyone involved there. Um, so, yeah, I guess – I'll stamp that. Uh, moving to shout outs here. Yeah, moving into shout outs. I'm going to shout out Steve Shanley. Uh, it is his birthday this weekend. Um, I tried to get him to double dip at uh, Virginia Tech, and he said he would have if he wasn't celebrating turning another year older. So shout out to my guy, Steve Shanley. Shout out to Nikhil Alexander Walker for having his option picked up by the Pelicans. Uh, they exercise his option. Obviously, he's one of the best players on that team. Uh, so Nikhil Alexander Walker making huge waves. Shout out to Brian Johnson. He was recently signed by the New Orleans Saints after they got rid of, I believe, Cody Parkey. Um, but he's going to get a chance in New Orleans. Um, thinking about if we have any other news. I mean, I'm excited. I, I, last week was a great environment. We were missing the crew. Uh, excited to see Dave. Excited to see Bryce. Excited to see Bronze and JB and and uh, the whole group. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm bringing down a couple of my Belmar guys. They picked up the phone and. They were saying, you know, what kind of music do we listen to? Do I have to wear purple? I'm like, dude, it's maroon. And, you know, so, I mean, they're going to be missing their calzones. But the biggest college football game they've ever been to was they went to a Rutgers-Ohio State game, like, this year. And they were like, man, like, is it anything like Rutgers? Like, we went to the Rutgers-Ohio State game. Like, is it comparable? Like, is it – I'm like, dude, it's (laughs) – just, just get in the car. Let's listen to, let's listen to uh, some Tiesto and, and, and you guys can, uh, 
you guys can can be the judge of that on Saturday. So I'm excited about that. The Belmar boys. Goodness gracious, watch out. I want to shout out uh, Virginia Tech men's soccer. They are electric. They are rolling. They've stopped by the Roots tailgate. Uh, Great guys from the men's soccer program. Shout out to Coach Briz. Um, But they are absolutely killing it. They're ranked number fifth in the country right now. They had two big wins over the past couple days. They beat Louisville on Friday night uh, before the Notre Dame game, 4-2. to two. Louisville was ranked number 23 at the time. Uh, also crushed Davidson last night, 4-0, uh, in front of a Thompson Field crowd. They have Wake Forest on the road on Saturday, followed up by uh, Winthrop next Wednesday, and then uh, UNC hosting Carolina on the 24th, which is Sunday at home at Thompson Field. Double soccer shout out, Charlie Howe. Charlie Howe played soccer at Virginia Tech in the early 2000s. After the Notre Dame game, we drove back down to Pinehurst together, played some golf at the cradle uh, at Pinehurst, which was incredible, and then uh, got around it at Forest Creek the next day. I want to give a big-time shout out to Charlie. Great seeing you over the past weekend, and I hope we can do that again real soon. Um, last shout out. I always like to comment on, you know, things going on in the stadium. You guys know, I don't like the wave. Um, hate the wave yelling all four downs, but I'm seeing a lot less key shaking on third down. And I, what are we doing? I, I brought my issue. keys back from San Diego. Cause you told me to, and I have an issue with it. Um, you know, makes a lot of noise. That's all I'm going to say. Pat Narduzzi <laughs> is challenging us saying there won't be any false starts. I'm saying bring your keys. And if you drive a Tesla and you don't have a key, go get some keys keys. from Home Depot. Buy some keys. Also, I better not – I'm just going to tell you, I'm not – I almost got really aggressive. I'm not going to physically assault you if I see you throw a paper airplane. I am going to verbally assault you if I see you throwing paper airplanes. Make that – How about just no throwing anything? People or yeah, throwing, don't throw anything, are, I guess. People are throwing hot dogs. People are throwing nachos, water bottles, beer cans. Like, can we be adults? How about we yeah. be adults? For three hours on your Saturday, inside the confines of Lane Stadium, act like an adult. Adults adult. can yell. Adults can yell. Like, Billy yells every day. <laughs> can we end it on a positive note? One yeah. more positive note. The stands, the concession folks have done a much better job. Much better job. I was able to get up there, get water, get back to my seat. Boom, boom, bang, 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 boom. Great job. Guys have improved. Shout out to you guys. You have an impossible job. Other than that, if you're in town, hit us up. We will be around. I'm getting to town on Friday night. Patrick is saying he's going to make the day trip. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up on Friday. But if he shows up on Friday, then we have a party on Friday. And 3.30 games means we get to go out after the game. So hit us up. We're excited to see you all. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I got an Airbnb right in downtown with the Belmont boys, Griffin, and the whole crew. So we will see you so soon. And hopefully the next time you hear this voice, it's an excited voice. Safe (laughs) travels down to Blacksburg, everybody. Be loud.
down to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, oh, I know this what you're thinking. Do you?